great. So I think like where I wanted to start was just hearing a little a bit about your background in your education experience, specifically <laughs> in the education system. So like, what did that look like? Uh, where were you going to school? What did you really enjoy about it? What did you not enjoy so much? What were you studying? Uh, just a brief background. Yeah, so um, so I went through, I went to a K through 12 uh, elementary, middle, and high school. So that was a charter school, so it was very private. I think our graduating class was about 60 people, so very close-knit community. Um, and we had the International Baccalaureate program there. And so um, it was a um, sort of a competitive but close-knit community. And so after that, uh, went to college at UMass Amherst, which was a way bigger school, and um, and yeah, explored a lot of different uh, possibilities. Yeah, so as like far as the going from a small school to big school, do you did you feel prepared that like the smaller school prepared you for that switch, or was it like a lot of learning very quickly, like once you got to university? Yeah, uh, I think it was. Honestly, I was so prepared for it by then that I was really looking forward to having a new community. Not so much a new community, but one where you can, um, you know, continuously grow. Because again, it was the same people uh, for a long time, and so I think we knew each other very well. But there wasn't as uh, much room for growth. Yeah. So as far as like when you were in that in your elementary and high school, middle school experience, like. Did you, how did you feel about like being in more of a smaller environment specifically, like in terms of learning and like whether you're being held back, whether you're being pushed forward too quickly, like did it ever feel like that or did you have like more personalized attention like in those early days? Yeah, I think, I mean, we were very fortunate. So I went uh, to a school that was pretty well funded um, and we knew each other very well and so I think academically it was it was great, um, and then socially, uh, yeah. I mean, we just knew each other very well, and so it was. I mean, it has it had its pros and cons. Yeah. So as far as like, I know you mentioned going from a small school to big school, but I'm curious to hear more about like the pivotal moments in education for you. Like, when were those moments when you like had an aha moment and something changed for you, or you went in a different direction, like? How many did you think you had in your education experience? Did they happen often? Did they happen infrequently? And like, what did those look like? Yes, um, excellent question. So, uh, yeah, definitely had a lot of those. So, when I was in third grade, I knew that I absolutely was going to be an astronaut, <laughs> and then that, that uh, pivoted and went in the pre-law direction. So, by like fourteen, I think I was interning at law firms, interning at courthouses, and I was definitely going the pre-law um, route. And then as part of the International Baccalaureate program, you get to write an extended essay, and you can write it on any topic that of, of your choosing. And so once that, had, that opportunity had opened up, it was like, okay, I was surfing the internet, I was listening to so many TED Talks, figuring out what people were working on in the sciences and the social sciences, arts, and um, and then really thinking about what I wanted to do. And so I chose uh, a few topics and 
every single time I had submitted my proposal, the IB director would say, Hillary, we don't offer this at our school. There's no teacher that can, um, that's going to support this project and be your supervisor. And so you have to choose another project. And then, then I would, um, and this was like a year before everybody had submitted their proposals. Mm -hmm. And so I just kept submitting new proposals until finally, uh, one, one teacher was willing to work with me on that project. And, um, and it ended up being on um, Maslow's hierarchy of needs and how that was different in the adolescent um, phase uh, or in an adolescent population. And it was so fun. And we got to collect data, analyze data. I got to write something that I had never learned before because we didn't have a psychology class then. Mm. And it was incredible. It was such an incredible experience. And I think that was my aha moment. That was when I realized that there was so much that I can do that I'm not doing right here that, that I haven't been exposed to yet. And again, it was a great community. It was, um, it had a lot mm -hmm. of opportunities, but, but having that chance to write that extended essay was amazing. And that's like an incredible amount of autonomy at least like in high school, something I don't think, I think I didn't experience and like many other people didn't experience. So I'm curious, like how did it feel to be able to direct your own project? You came across some obstacles in the beginning to like really have that ability, but like once you had that, like what, were your, what was your motivation like? Did you feel that you were like more made, motivated to work on school now that like you got to choose what you could do? Yeah, I mean, it was, it was like someone gave you I don't know, someone gave you a gift and they're like, it could be anything that you dream of. And you're just, because cause you're exploring what you want to do. And in that exploration, in that journey, you're exploring who you are. And the, I mean, getting all the no's was, was a huge learning experience for me because I, at the time, I thought that that would hold me back, but the more someone, the more the IB director said no, the more encouraged I was to find something that would align with the school. And yeah. so that would that kind of translated eventually into you know it, it's really important what you like to do, but also what is it that you can do that also um, aligns with what the what the world needs. And then with the project itself, it was it was just breathtaking to be in that in that process it was learning it was like the driving factor was learning mm -hmm. and it was what is Maslow who is Maslow who is Abraham Maslow what did he come up with it was reading that which was really hard to read at that yeah, at that time yeah. and then getting exposure to to research and uh the academic community that was yeah yeah and it also like that experience seems very non-linear and compared to like what normal classroom teaching looks like where you learn one thing each day and you have to be all caught up like this is just going like wherever the research is leading you which i think is really interesting and so i'm, I'm guessing at this point you're no longer pre-law maybe you still are or at this point i am still pre-law got it and so you get to college and you're ready to dive right into your classes and i'm curious like what did that first year look like for you like what were your learnings? What did you experience? Um, was it what you expected or was it different? Yeah, so I remember I was really scared going into the first year. I was really nervous and I just wanted to be home the first few weeks. And then after the first few weeks, it was just this open environment to learn. And 
going through the classes and getting to search different courses, different professors, and then as you search the different professors, you read their work and you realize that they know a lot of information. Um, they have a lot of knowledge. And so I think the, the biggest aha moment in college was probably um, the first semester when um, I wanted to take this class that was already filled and uh, the like it wasn't I wasn't allowed to take that class um, and so I went in and so I had emailed the professor and asked to, to take the class I think it was uh, political it was a political theory class mm-hmm. um, I think it was ancient political theory or political philosophy and um, and the professor was like, no, you're a, you're an undergrad, I, you're first year, I can't accept you in here in this class. And he was like, plus this class has been full, there's a wait, uh, filled, there's a wait list. And I just kept going to class and kept asking if I can join. And he said, fine, write me a paper. I wrote him a paper and then he, he just let me into the class. And um, during that class, uh, I had a lot of liberty. There was this one topic, I don't remember what it was at this point, but I remember this one topic that was really interesting. So when he had handed out our assignments and told us what the paper was going to be, I had reached out and asked him if it was possible to write a paper on something else. And this was the biggest aha moment for me because I think a lot of professors, it it was just so aligned because a lot of professors would have said no and did say no um, Mm -hmm. to me and they said, you know, I have a process, this is what I'm grading on. If everybody changes it, then I can't get to all, um, through all my work, which makes absolute sense. But this one uh, professor in particular was like, yeah, go ahead. You have, you know, full uh, creativity, um, creative Mm -hmm. license to do whatever you want. And so did that. And it, it was, it was pretty, it was again, similar to the extended essay where um, a teacher was like, I understand that what you want to learn is a little bit different than the curriculum. Why don't you explore it and see how well you do and how well you think you do. And so giving me the chance to fail, yeah. which, um, which thank God I didn't end up doing, but, um, <laughs> but yeah, it was incredible. Yeah. So it seems like a, a lot of times in your education, like you come across this obstacle and you're like, no, like I, I'm gonna be able to do this, either like with your high school essay and then like with this class. And I'm curious, like after so many no's, how do you like keep fighting and advocating for yourself to like have the liberty to like do what you want with your education? I think it's because of when you're actually there getting the no, it's not scary at all. It's just the, the, your mindset going into it. Yeah. And once you get the understanding that a no is a misalignment, then you're, you just keep trying until you find the right thing. That's really interesting. So as far as like a no as a misalignment, what, what exactly do you mean by that? Well, um, yeah, so it's like any job, right? If someone says no to you, it's not necessarily because you're not qualified, but you could be, you, maybe there's a candidate that's more aligned with the mission or more aligned with their, their specific work content or more aligned with their values. And if that's the case, then 
that's great that they found someone else because mm -hmm. they're going to be that much happier in that role. The company is going to have that much of a better fit. And that also means that their processes are going to run faster and be more efficient and everybody's going to understand each other more. And so finding that right class, finding that right job, or giving yourself the chance to experiment with different things and um, finding a company that allows you to do that. Yeah, so one of the most important parts of like college and education is finding your friend group and the people you surround yourself with. So I'm curious like how this alignment philosophy applied to like your days of like making friends um, in college. In college. Um, yeah, so I mean, it's, it's the same philosophy. It's do I want to know this person for a very long time? And if the answer is a yes, then um, there's that basic um, friendship already there. And then thinking about, you know, what I was looking for, I was looking to expand my perspective again, it was going, coming from a really small school um, and with people that I had known all my life. And so there was this huge opportunity to explore different minds, different perspectives, different cultures. And it was, yeah, my main goal was to broaden my perspective. And mm -hmm. that was the um, intention behind my friendships. And also, of course, values, uh, aligned values. Yeah. And like, so with those lofty goals, I'm sure you made many mistakes along the way. And I'm curious, like, what are the mistakes that you made that you look back on now that you think it's really great that I did that because I've learned so much from it? Like, what, and maybe they felt painful in the moment, um, but now you look back and you're grateful that they happened. So I'm curious to hear more about those. Mm -hmm. In terms of school or, or, or anything? Anything, yeah. Hmm. I will get back to you on that. Okay. I'm trying to think. Definitely. So after you left college and you got your first job, I'm curious how your view of the education system changed versus like when you were actually in the education system. Mm-hmm. Let's see. My view of the education system. I think it wasn't so much that, well, first of all, I was exposed to a lot of opportunities that I didn't think that I had. So thinking about education, not as a system, but as um, like a playground. And I say this knowing that I was also very, very fortunate to have met those teachers and professors who are willing to work with me um, and grant me this creative freedom. Again, a lot of students don't have this and it's, um, don't have this, this, this opportunity. And so um, that, that kind of, um, so, so that's why my mindset was more, more open and more, um, more um, appreciative of what the experience was. Not yeah. so much the education system, but those particular people. Yeah, definitely. And once you left college, did you have any bubble bursting moments, I guess, when you realized that your experience in college with all these people who are often motivated and want to improve themselves and learn, and then you get into the real world and maybe it's not that way, like, were there incongruencies with how, like, you viewed the world because you were in college versus when you actually got into, like, the real working world? Yeah. Um, honestly, 
No, I think, I think what it is, is you kind of have this, you kind of have this lesson and it turns into a mindset and then you kind of just carry it around with you. So you have this mindset of like creativity. I get to be creative with what I'm working on. I get to be creative with what I get to do. And if you get pushback, it's just automatic. It's like, okay, this is not what I'm looking for. So let me find something that is what I'm looking for. Mm-hmm. That's great. And when you were in college, a lot of my friends have this experience, and I have this experience too, where you're pretty anxious about what you're going to be doing once you graduate. It's very, it's pretty safe at a university in the sense that you aren't expected to be working full time. And it's very often that you're like, okay, I need to do this major, or do these classes where I can set myself up so I can like have a stable income. Did you feel that during college? And if so, how did you deal with it? Mm-hmm. Uh, definitely to an extent I did. Uh, but I also knew that one of my biggest goals in life was to explore. And mm-hmm. so that was sort of the goal the entire time. So I knew that no matter where I ended up, it would be by choice. And so um, I guess for a lot of people, and myself included, one of the biggest uh pushers is that need to find a job have some kind of stability um and that becomes that becomes your goal uh or it's easy for that to become a student's goal and so i think that it was always you know in the back of my mind i had to remind myself like your ultimate goal is to explore your ultimate goal is to create great experiences um and so it was a it was a constant reminder, but ultimately because I had that experience with the two with the two teachers, um, had 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 a good um, reminder. Yeah, and so as far as like no matter where you end up, it'll be by choice. The hearing that that's like very clarifying, like for my own experience, I think for a lot of people experiences, um, but it's also that requires a lot of self efficacy and acknowledging that you have like you can control your outcomes is that something you developed through those experiences or something you always had um, and have you recognized that in people around you or is is that pretty unique in yourself oh there are definitely people who uh, just like like me just love to explore and love to have fun and so mm-hmm. what they're looking for is how can I go through life with the most uh, with the best experiences that I can create for myself or that like the world will allow me to to create for myself and how do I find more people who are doing the same things and so um, I think that's something that I definitely look for in friendships and I think that that's definitely something that um, inspires me to be more creative is having friends who are also exploring trying to figure out what the next uh, step is what the next product is what the next vision is or company is Um, so there's that and then um, I forgot your original question Uh, it's so basically going back to no matter where you end up it will be by choice like the self-efficacy that goes into that is that something Mm -hmm. you developed or was more yeah right right Uh, so that was something that I definitely had to develop. Uh, I, I feel like it was, you know, going through school was easy because there was a curriculum and you had to just, you know, get the, get the questions or answers right. Um, but there's a lot 
more on the line when you make your own deadlines and you make your you set your own goals right it, mm-hmm. it's not so much the deadline because you already have that in school it's the goal setting it's what do i want for myself what is that vision and holding yourself to that and in terms of that i knew that i wasn't a very organized person um and that it just with the everyday tasks that was something that I really needed to work on and so after college uh, my first job that I took was as an assistant of an assistant essentially I was like if I'm going to be able to you know create something or do well in whatever it is whatever career path I'm in I will need to be able to do that and my worst skill my my worst um the thing that's holding me back the most is time management and personal management. Um, and so I took that job where my sole role was to be organized, stay on top of things for very important people. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, it was, it was a challenge at first, but that was definitely where I needed to be. Mm-hmm. And I think it's interesting that, like, learning certainly did not end after you left college. Like, the first job you get is to do something you're really bad at so you can learn how to become better at it. Um, And so, also, this exploration philosophy, I want to touch more on that. And just exploring as much as you can, finding what you like, doing that, doing what you're really bad at to get better at it. What does that look like on the day-to-day now that you're several years out of college? Yeah, so um, <laughs> so it's it's finding the right balance between doing new things and doing old things. So mm-hmm. it's it's the things being very mindful of the things that I enjoy doing, being very mindful of the things that I have to do, and then finding ways to automate some of the things that I don't enjoy as much but have to do. So what do you mean by like automate the things you don't enjoy? Yeah, like, um, for example, if there's one task that's reoccurring that um, that I have to do every single week, if there's a way to automate the process, so looking at the system, what system do I have to support me and how can I improve on that system so that there's less stress on my day-to-day that allows me to explore a little bit more. And then also, I think one of the things that I found is that when there's too much exploration, things start to get a little stressful. So how do Mm -hmm. I have that white space where for several hours I get to explore and then after that, the exploration phase is complete, I move on and, um, and I put it an end to that, to the exploration. And so I'm curious, like, at what point in your life, what period did you learn the most? Was it when you were doing the most exploring or was it when you had a balance? Uh, I mean, it's, it's, it's different things. So when, when you're exploring, you learn a lot of new knowledge and perspective. And then when you're doing the same thing over and over, you get really good at doing something and you know it so well that you can create a really good system for someone mm-hmm. else to do it. Um, I mean, really good system for yourself and better the system, improve on the system for someone else. Yeah. And so it, 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 it's different for sure. Got it. And so looking back at those college years, what, what advice would you give yourself specifically in that first year when you just get there? Like, what's your one piece of advice? One piece of advice. And this is related to education, right? 
Uh, it could also be life philosophy if you think you needed that most at that time, but yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think the advice that I would give myself in college is instead of finding a lot of things that you like, find one thing that you like that you would do a hundred times. Mm. Anyway, and what do you think that would be today after many years of exploration? What's that one <laughs> thing that you like that you would do a hundred times? For college? For, for, for college me or for today me? For today you. For today me. Um, let's see. So I've recently been exploring with different types of meditation, specifically in movement. And there's one thing mm -hmm. that I've done for maybe two months consistently for today. At least this is what I would tell myself today. I have been doing for two months consistently that has been incredible is it's this dance meditation where you kind of you, you set a goal and then you dance out the letters so you actually do it in writing okay. so for example if your goal is um you know write write a, a page that day mm -hmm. you can write out that goal write a page and then actually go through the rhythms of go through the rhythm of each letter until you get through the entire goal and that's been so inspiring on so many levels because first of all you you really focus on that goal and yeah. it's like an affirmation you really focus on what that means and then as you're as you're moving to it you kind of get into the different stages of that of visualizing that task or that goal mm -hmm. and it really sets your mindset for the rest of the day yeah that's really interesting and i think one cool thing about your philosophy is it seems you go through periods of exploration, you grow a lot, and then you come back and you put that growth into action and like kind of go through these different phases in your life. Um, yeah, and so just returning to the question we asked earlier before we wrap up, any, any mistakes within your education experience? And if you didn't have any mistakes, like is that because you see them as they're just like growth moments or you just got really lucky, like what, what happened? Yeah, and it's definitely the growth aspects. So, I mean, there are definitely, definitely mistakes that I made, but there wasn't a mistake that I made that I couldn't come back from. Mm -hmm. um, and what I mean by that is there there isn't a mistake that I wouldn't have gained more perspective from had I as far as I know, not made that mistake. Yeah. So there are things that I would definitely do, I, I could improve on, um, but I wouldn't necessarily do those things differently. I would do those things better mm -hmm. or commit to it more. Yeah. And one goal that we will focus on here at The Infinite Learner is what does it mean to own your education? So I think in your educational experience, there was a lot of getting told no, but then figuring out how to make it a yes. And so I'm curious, what does it mean to you for a student, a uh, lifelong learner to own their education? Uh, yes, I would say to figure out what it is that you wanna do, not in terms, what what is it that you actually want for your life? Mm -hmm. What kind of, if there was one sentence that you wanted your, your life to 
mean? What is that one sentence? Yeah. And get as close to that as possible. And whether that's a career goal or, um, you know, a, a personal goal, whatever it is, figure that one thing out and just keep building that one thing in your life and in your career. So maybe if you're really interested in the sciences, there's a reason there you're, you're pulled toward the, the data and analyzing that data mm -hmm. and understanding that your, your, um, your interest is in the visualization of data. Think about how you can visualize other sets of data it, outside of your career. Think about what uh, data sets that you're looking for in life mm -hmm. and how you can better visualize that. Yeah, so I think part of it is just the exploration to find that sentence. And once you find that sentence, just really like going after it. That, has that sentence changed for you throughout like your life and how like does it change often or do you has it been pretty consistent once you found it uh i mean i think the overall message so the overall mission has been very consistent but the but the goals just keep changing the goals yeah. just keep evolving yeah. well awesome thank you so much hillary those are all the questions i have so yeah. yeah thanks for having me ben all right awesome thank you all right do you want to hop back on the other one or do you should we yeah i think that'd be good okay let me just